This is Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I thank you so much for joining us here on the program. It's really a pleasure to be with you every Sunday from 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. time slots, as well as noon on Monday. Actually, it's a 1 a.m. Monday morning, and we certainly hope that you will join us at those times. We do stream live at those times from richarddugan.com. And the podcasts are on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, as well as many other locations. We thank those of you to, who are reposting these interviews. Uh, it's greatly appreciated. And if you would like to, um, if you would like to basically uh, find out more, we're going to give you our guest's website in just a moment. We also encourage you to go to our guest's website to find out more about what they are all about and continue your evolutionary process. And we also encourage you, if you can, to support us through PayPal and Patreon accounts. The links are on my website, richarddugan.com homepage, as well as the, uh, um, the radio show's page. And um, this is 2020, the year of perfect vision, and I certainly hope that you are taking the time to go within to get that guidance and insight and uh, support and encouragement and find that peace and calm that we all need all the time. And our special guests here on the program today via Zoom, um, we're going to be talking about, quite honestly, it's always a lot of different things. We never know where this program goes. As I said before, on many of these programs, the universe asks the question, I'm just along for the ride, okay? And I never know what kind of questions are going to come up. And that's kind of fun to do because um, it takes us in directions that sometimes we really need to go. Uh, to find out uh, what it is that uh, we need to know. We're going to be talking today with a couple of gentlemen, a researcher by the name of Chris Burris and also Patrick uh, Wanis, who have been working together to find the solutions for uh, uh, some of these uh, compromising issues to our health and wellness and well-being. You know, and of course, we hear the term all the time. I'm trying to find new terms, new phrases, rather than in these uncertain times and, and these <laughs> difficult times, these challenging times, these you know what? It doesn't make any difference what the times are. They're always uncertain. I, a matter of fact, uh, Chris, uh, first of all, thank you for joining us on the program. And have we ever lived in certain times? I mean, really? I feel like, uh, I feel like you can go back through time and, and you can find people have been talking about how uncertain the times are. Uh, there is one phrase that's kind of relevant here that I really like, which is the rate of change will never be slower than it is today. Really? Because it seems like change is like moving exponentially. And it's going to move. I'm looking even, at it in a strange it's way. It's going to move even faster tomorrow, uh, right? Like science is going faster. Technology is going faster. Whatever emotions seem to be going faster. Oh, like yeah. All of these things are going to go faster tomorrow than they did today and faster than they did yesterday. And I would, I would present a different perspective that when people say, has there ever been a time that's certain, it's not about certainty or uncertainty, it's the level of uncertainty that makes the difference. Mm. So was one year ago, one year ago, were we certain? Well, we had greater certainty than we have now, not yeah. because the past has, has already been and gone, but rather because there were certain things we could predict. So certainty is also tied to predictability. Can we predict, well, a year ago, could we predict what was going to happen tomorrow? Well, we had a greater idea than what we can predict is going to happen tomorrow from today because there are so many things that are 
unpredictable because there are so many things that we, we don't know which way they're going to turn or which direction they're going to take. So my simple thing is, if you're living during the Cuban Missile Crisis, well, you would have extreme uncertainty. If you're living during the World War II or Vietnam, you'd have extreme uncertainty. If there was the threat of a nuclear bomb, you have extreme uncertainty. If there's the threat of terrorism, you have extreme uncertainty. But when there's an invisible monster, that is the virus, and you don't, no one really knows how it spreads. One moment they're saying it's this, that's, they said it was touch. It could be through plastic. You couldn't touch carton boxes, packages, groceries. Now they say it's not that, but it could be this. And then tomorrow it could be different. So I think the fact that, um, that we have an invisible monster and it's impacting us in a way beyond just, oh, I got the flu, I can't go to work by shutting down businesses, shutting down schools, shutting down industries, um, and having the fear of getting close to people, that creates an extreme level of uncertainty. Hmm. And that was the voice of Chris, uh, of Chris Wannis, who is uh, joining us here on the program. Patrick Wannis. I beg your pardon. Patrick, I'm, chain, I'm transposing names. Patrick <laughs> Wannis. Uh, and uh, we definitely want him on the program to talk about a lot of this stuff. Now, that's interesting. That's just, Thank you, because I was going to leave otherwise. <laughs> um, but you, you, you present a very interesting uh, uh, scenario there. It's uncertainty, and on a scale of 1 to 10, what's our level of uncertainty through the examples that you just gave? I think, that's, I think it's a very good way of looking at it. I, joking, I jokingly uh, uh, say to people when I hear, for example, the economic news comes out, regardless of what else is going on, even prior to the COVID uh, uh, virus, COVID-19, coronavirus, uh, and the numbers, the economists were never happy. There has never been a time where I have heard economists thrilled with, quote unquote, the numbers. And mm -hmm. so my statement to them is, First of all, what numbers would make you happy? Because I want to make you happy. Yeah, I'm if, sorry. If, I'm if really. That's our goal. It, it's yeah, exactly. I'm so frustrated that I can't make you, the economist, happy. But the other aspect of it is, in most of these reports, uh, at the end of them, they will say, "In these uncertain times," to which I say, "We've never had certain times." But again, to Patrick's point, we've had uncertain times on a low end and on a high end. Um, but what we're dealing with today is something that, uh, by the way, this phrase was used in 2008 and nine to describe a place where we were, if I may dovetail into the economic world. Uh, they said, we've never been here before. <laughs> this is totally different than anything we've ever been through. And yet they threw the same solutions at it that mm. they've been throwing at the economy for decades. Well, I'm 60 years old. I have watched, uh, I have watched uh, influenza circle globe year after year after year after year. And we do the same thing every year. Nothing. And then the vi vaccine came along. Take, get your flu shot. I haven't had the flu shot in 40 years. I haven't had the flu in 40 years. This goes to the fact that I've been working to build my immune system, which we're going to get into in a moment. Um, but when they shut things down back in, in, uh, in uh, February and March across the country, 
I was thrilled, not because I wanted the virus to kill people. No, I, I, I don't want anybody to be hurt by this thing. But the fact is, Einstein said it best. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Guess what? 2020, we did something different. So we know for certain we're going to get a different result. So... It might not be a better result, but it will be a different result. It's going to be, well, and of course, better or worse is, is very subjective. I am a, I'm a non-dualist. I believe that things happen for a reason. And I was elated because I knew that in this shutdown, we were going to have some incredible opportunities that we didn't even know existed, which is what this program is about giving people choices and knowledge of those choices to help make their dreams come true. Finding those new ways of living because certainly the old ways don't work. Mm. So to that end, now we have the coronavirus, COVID-19, whatever you want to call it, the pandemic. And some people are adhering to some of the rules that are being set down across the globe and some aren't. They're saying, it's a hoax. It's a conspiracy. It's the fault of the Democrats. It's aliens. <laughs> I, I lean more towards aliens than, than the Democrats. Uh, but the, the thing that you folks are, that the two of you are dealing with is trying to help people to get the kind of physical rest that is necessary so that the human body can, how can I put this, uh, can enlist the uh antivirus if you will cells okay the immune system is our yeah. is our so to speak our military right it's in it's in now going to enlist more to come on board to be ready for that eventual attack by a foreign invader i mean that's quite honestly the best way i can put it sleep is one of the biggest contributors to that uh, enlarging force, is it not? Well, you, you want to look at yourself from various perspectives. If we believe that we're a whole, not just individual pieces, then we need to understand that life is lived and experienced in four realms, mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual, and each of those realms impact each other. So although we, we also look at sleep as being physical, it's also connected to our thoughts and our emotions. So our thoughts and emotions impact the quality of our sleep. The quality of our sleep also impacts our thoughts and emotions. Chris has a title for that, which is... <laughs> the horrible emotional sleep spiral. <laughs> Meaning that, you know, if you're not sleeping well, and you're not, then your body is, in, out, is out of balance, and your body's not able to deal with the emotional challenges that we're faced during the day, and because you wake up being sleep deprived and your body is now, your endocrine system and various other systems within your body are either not healing fully or out of balance, then you can't deal with the emotions and the challenges that are in front of you. And then it just goes round and round. As Chris says, it, it loops. It's a spiral. You keep going down and around. So sleep is probably the most important component of boosting your immune system and maintaining health and preventing illness. But sleep is impacted by our thoughts and our emotions. And if we refer to this spiritual component, 
then that ties into our thoughts and emotions because spirituality refers to contribution, significance, meaning, and purpose, and they affect our thoughts and emotions, which you in know, turn that, affects our sleep. Right. That, in, that ties right into the campaign we've been running since September of 2019 that will run through December 31st of 2029. And that is, first of all, this year is 2020. And we've declared it the year of perfect vision, inner vision, having people go within, looking for that peace, that calm, that stillness, looking for that guidance, that inspiration, that education, that information that we can trust. The problem is most of us haven't done it. We haven't gotten to know ourselves. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, most people would you would think that the fear of darkness would be a greater fear than the fear of knowing oneself. Mm. And I, th and that's why we have been promoting it. I had no idea this, this virus was coming in January of this year. All I knew was 2020 and I, I was 15, 16 years old. And I loved the fact that it, I was born uh, in a uh, uh, year divisible by 10 and five and two and all that good stuff. I was going to be 60 in 2020, the year of perfect vision. And it just, I don't know. I, I believe in synchronicity uh, and coincidence. So you mentioned this, Patrick. Chris, I'd love for you to talk to us about, and I, I would like both of you to, but I'll start with you, uh, Chris. What about your inner journey in terms of not just the research and this, this program we wanna talk about, that you have this system, um, but also just your own personal well-being. I mean, the both of you, uh, I don't know how sequestered you are. I don't know how locked down you are, but you both seem to be as me. I'm not, I've been lucky. I haven't had to uh, quit work and stay home. I've been able to go into work because we have such a small staff. Um, but you guys seem to be very up, very buoyant, very excited about what you're doing. Chris, tell us, or uh, yeah, tell us about your, your inner journey, if you will, personally, as well as professionally in this context that we're talking about today. <clears throat> well, absolutely. I think, um, and, and Patrick and I have had a number of conversations about how this is a great opportunity, actually me and a lot of kind of my associates, how this is a great opportunity for change. Uh, if you want to look at the positive things, and, and I'm always trying to find the positive things, um, there, there are I, I can talk like I'm, I'm based in Houston. Uh, we are the former epicenter of COVID. Patrick is now in the actual epicenter of COVID in, in, in Miami. Um, this lockdown has impacted my life. I mean, in fact, the whole reason Patrick and I are here today is one day I was on the way home from work. I've been fortunate. My, my work has been able to stay open. We distribute some food supplies. And so uh, I'm on the way home from work and I'm like, Patrick, and I said it like, like it was some big, huge surprise. I'm like, Patrick, I'm, I'm, I'm tired. I just don't know why I'm tired. And he just did the whole pull back and say, like, Chris, do you, like, you do realize that everyone is tired. Like everyone's stressed out. Everyone's going through emotional turmoil. Um, everyone's experiencing uh, the emotional sleep spiral, um, the horrible emotional sleep spiral. Uh, and, and that was really kind of the genesis of us coming together. Uh, let's put this, this, um, these audiobooks in the hands of as many people as we can. Let's give some sleep tips to as many people as we can uh, and then talk about it. I'm just very fortunate. I've had a 
product that have been manufacturing since 1991. Uh, really, it wasn't meant for human consumption. It was meant for industrial purposes. In 2020, they did a study uh, and now people are taking it. And those people who are taking it are reporting better sleep. So all of these things just kind of married really well, right? So uh, kind of emotional focus, practical focus, focus uh, and, and then, you know, really supplementation that might support what you're, uh, what you need the most. Um, so, so that's what was the genesis of this. You look at, I look at kind of my life and what's changed. I'm actually spending more time with my family and couldn't be happier about spending more time with my family. So I'm going home earlier because uh, my wife needs more help. Like the kids aren't off at a, at a, you know, a daycare or a camp or whatever, because that's not possible. And so my wife's there with the kids. She needs some help. I go home earlier uh, and we're going for walks and I'm spending so much more time with my kids. I couldn't, couldn't be happier uh, about that. I think when you, uh, if we wanted to talk about why, why I have a sense of positivity, even in the middle of all of this, um, for me, it actually really boils back to, uh, to a, probably the first self-help book I ever read, uh, which was Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. Her last name, the author is Jeffries, I think is her last name. It may be Susan. Susan, Susan Jeffries, yeah. Um, and it talked about, I'll never forget this, right? This is, you know, I was probably 19. She mapped out a chart and said, if, if you have a chart that's full of activities and things that you're doing um, and something gets taken away, right? So for instance, like so many things have been taken away during COVID, if something gives, gets taken away, you've got all of these other things that you can do. And so you end up, can still end up with a very full life. Um, and so that's kind of the first thing that really said, okay, I need to have a lot of things going on in a variety of areas so that I can have uh, some balance because you never know what life is going to throw at you. And then I think ultimately when Pat Patrick and I have known each other for quite some time, we're very much on this, uh, this path of delivering value to other people. And I think when you wake up and your goal is to deliver value to other people, um, it feels really good. It feels really positive. And what about, uh, and what about you, Patrick? What about answering the same question, if you will, uh, in regards to your inner life, getting to know yourself, and especially now because you got the time, <laughs> um, well, I, I would first uh, respond to an earlier statement you made, something about how we don't fear the dark, but we fear knowing ourselves. Mm. And I would say the reason we fear knowing ourselves is because we believe it's so dark, because uh -huh. we're afraid of actually finding out who we are and what our deepest fears are. We have that fear of knowing, well, what are our deepest fears? Who am I? Ultimately, I do believe that almost everything we do is in response to avoiding the anxieties associated with the fear of death and the fear of dying. Therefore, we look for ways to give meaning to our lives. We look for ways to boost our self-esteem. We look for ways to build a community or a family. Now, you could just put all that aside and say, uh, we have a period of time on earth and we, we can give it whatever meaning we want. It can be a religious meaning, a spiritual meaning, can be an individual meaning, can be about amassing riches, wealth, having a family, creating a legacy, etc. So having said that, uh, I've never waited till 2020 to say, oh, I want to now know who I am. Uh, I believe to a certain extent that's an ongoing process because you always uncover more and more about yourself 
And along the way, as you evolve and change, you're uncovering even more about yourself. So you think, oh, I now believe I know everything, but time has passed and things have changed around you. How are you responding to the things around you? You delve in deeper and you learn something more about yourself. This was a great opportunity for me to, um, because it presented new challenges, then I got to see myself in a different way. Once your social circles are cut off, then you have less distraction. Once there is no travel, there's no work, the beaches are closed, so I live on the beach. Once you can't go to the Florida Keys, you can't do this, you can't do that, then there's very little room for distraction. Some people chose to distract themselves by, con by constantly and continuously exposing themselves to things that create more anxiety, such as the news. So for me, it simply presented another opportunity to go even deeper and say, oh, here is, here is another fear I have, or here is the way that I've been living my life. Now I have a choice to live differently. So I've created a series of videos where I do say the greatest opportunity for change and growth comes at a time when you're truly challenged. Yeah. And and I don't believe that this is an opportunity. I believe everything is an opportunity. It just mm -hmm. depends on how you respond to it. Right. So, um, you know, whether someone says you're renting a house and someone says I'm selling the house and you have two ways to look at it. This is an opportunity for change, an opportunity for something new, or the world is going to fall apart. The world is going to die. We do need, and this, this applies to me too, that we get into a groove we get into a rhythm and ultimately that groove and rhythm becomes part of our comfort zone. The older we get, the, the smaller our comfort zone begins. Now, for some people that can start at a very young age because they choose to isolate themselves. But once you do everything a certain way and in a structured, rigid way, you're creating a comfort zone. The virus, the pandemic, almost ruptured everyone's comfort zone. There was a few people that it didn't because they really weren't affected. I do have some friends who say, this has hardly affected me at all. A couple have celebrated. One is uh, a friend who is an artist. She stopped working at the spa and salon and she's just started painting all the time and she's thrilled. She's extremely happy, the happiest she's ever been because this is her passion and she wasn't living her passion. I have another friend who lives in the building next door, he and his fiance. The only difference for them was they're not going to get married this year. They're going to get married next year. And he owns a bar, the bar's shut down, but he says, I'm okay financially. I've never taken a holiday. I've never had a break. Now he's sitting on the beach for a few hours every single day for a few months, and he's able to spend more time with his fiance. So each one of us is impacted in a different way and depending on the way you look at it. So we might sit here and say, well, we all feel great. But if you're a single parent who can't work and is now struggling to pay the bills and struggling to feed your children, you're not going to suddenly jump up and say, oh, this is a great opportunity for, for me to dig deeper because you're still at the very base of the pyramid of Abraham Maslow's pyramid, which is survival. So if Chris, you and I are not uh, freaking out and not anxious about survival, then we have the luxury and the liberty to go deeper and ask more philosophical questions about ourselves and say, what is the meaning? What is the purpose? But if you're a parent, and I can use an example, I have a friend who is a, a single parent. He shares the child with his ex-wife and he lost all his work and he's struggling to survive. So for him, 
his focus is how am I going to feed my child? How am I going to feed myself? How am I going to pay the bills? Um, nonetheless, for me, just to wrap up in a long-winded response, uh, it has been a very positive response, a very positive response from my part to the virus. It's not been an easy response, but it's been a very positive response. <laughs> well, and for me, it has been, as I said, uh, rather elating because of the potential opportunities. And I agree with you, too, that there are always opportunities, regardless of what's going on in the outside, on the outside world. The question is, are we open to them? Do we consider uh, the possibilities outside the box or outside the nine dots? And that's what we put forth on this program. It's what, it's what we try to put forth is those different ways of thinking about things. Uh, I, matter of fact, I was doing an interview yesterday and we were talking about a particular subject and the gentleman says, well, you know, I would tend to disagree with your theory, Richard. And he went on to describe it. And when he was done, as I'm listening to him, I'm realizing, you know, I, I never thought it that way. And I responded to him, I says, well, there goes another one of my uh, grass huts up in flames, you know? <laughs> and because uh, yeah, bottom line, I don't have all the answers and I'm not gonna sit here and, and pontificate and say, yeah, this is the way that it is. I'm trying to figure this place out just like the, everybody else. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out myself just like everyone else. Um, you folks have created um, something that uh, most people are not familiar with because that's what we're going to talk about next is the subconscious rapid transformation technique. And that is available through your website. And it's an eight-part system that uh, basically directly reduces stress levels. Uh, it provides uh, an empowering approach to establishing renewed balance despite the external consequences. Uh, when we come back from our break, let's jump into that if we can. I'm Richard Dugan, and you are listening to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. We're talking with Chris, Chris uh, Boris and Patrick Wanis, and we're going to continue our conversation in just a moment, right here on Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. Stay tuned. Tell me your stories, I'll do my best. Understand you. Welcome back to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I thank you for joining uh, Chris Boris and uh, Patrick Wanis as we continue our conversation about helping you uh, sleep deeper and uh, basically strengthen your immunity. Uh, and I've been, as I was sharing earlier in the program, I have been doing that for years, although I'm not going to say that I, it's been perfect. I mean, I, I will tell you that as a paper boy in high school and I was delivering newspapers on a bicycle for four years, I constructed a large cup holder that would hold a 32 ounce mm. cup that I would get refilled at the local convenience store with, oh my God, soda. And uh, then I would be able to bicycle around while I'm drinking my soda and delivering papers and collecting and so forth. <laughs> did, so, you, did you I, have to stack the straws so that while you were riding your bike, you had the straw in your mouth <laughs> while riding? Because No, actually, like... I, I didn't use a straw, actually. I was actually able to take it out of the cup holder, oh. take a swig and put it back in the cup You're holder. You're a talented bike rider. I, I, I certainly was. <laughs> I certainly was. Um, but you gentlemen have created this uh, new technique called the subconscious rapid transformation technique. And it's an eight part system. First of all, 
What is it? Well, for, first, let me ask is at this, because you said you gentlemen, uh, my only role in this was at some point being a guinea pig of the SRTT <laughs> so that Patrick could hone the process that he created in its entirety. <laughs> I see. So Frankenstein. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it's working really, really well. <laughs> well, fantastic. Fantastic. Patrick, no, tell us, Patrick, uh, what is this, this new technique? And, uh, and, and, and if we can, in a general sense, tell people how it works. So it's only new if you haven't heard of it or haven't used it, because I've been doing it for probably 15 to 20 years. It organically evolved. Um, my, you know, although my, my, my doctorate is in health psychology, my background before that was hypnosis and hypnotherapy. And people would ask me, can you do it over the phone? And so I was experimenting doing hypnotherapy over the phone and having somewhat success. Along the way, it kept evolving uh, to the extent that I started incorporating elements of um, you know, work from Fritz Perls and neuro-linguistic programming, um, elements of psychology and psychoanalysis, uh, cognitive behavioral therapy. And basically what, it, what I've now evolved is a very, what I call, to me, it's very simple, although some people struggle to learn it. Um, not, not for it to be applied to, but if you're actually trying to learn it to be the practitioner, it's, it's more challenging. Um, any issue that you present, I will find out what the underlying belief is, and then I'll be able to tie that underlying belief to something that occurred in childhood. And then what I do, and this is particularly impactful for people that are going through addiction or trauma or relationship issues, there's always one originating event, or it could be a couple, but it's usually one. And being able to take them back to that event without reliving the pain, without re-experiencing the trauma, identifying the emotions, validating those emotions, and then bringing new insight, new understanding, and new wisdom to that experience because the experience happened through the eyes, the mind, and the filter of a child. Therefore, it was limited. And the child made an inaccurate interpretation saying, because my parents are divorcing, it must be my fault. Therefore, there must be something wrong with me, for example. Or because I was molested, there must be something wrong with me. I'm dirty. I'm bad. I'm not good enough. I'm not lovable. I'm innately bad. So by changing the way that you perceive at a subconscious level to what happened to you and forgiving the people around you as well as yourself, you're almost like a clean slate. It's almost like you've removed the virus from the program and now you're able to operate at a much more optimal level. Um, I think the, the other thing to say is that, just to reiterate, that it can be almost anything. For example, I was just working with a gentleman who, when I said to him, what is your deepest pain? And he said, oh, I, I haven't experienced financial independence. And, I, and so I asked him some questions. We identified his beliefs regarding money. And they go back to when he was a child that he would watch his father be really stressed and burdened. So at age 11, he created a PowerPoint presentation to convince his parents not to send him to private school because it was too expensive. So what this child did at, from that moment on, or even earlier, was believe that he had to relieve his parents of financial stress that he had to create this solid foundation of finance to avoid pain. Now, when I help him to heal that, now his desire to 
um, established financial independence isn't driven by fear or pain, it's driven by passion and purpose. So now he's not constantly stressed out, he's not afraid, he's not anxious. And above all, he has a much better relationship with his wife because he's not reacting to her and he's not attacking her. So almost everything that we do it goes back to beliefs that we created in childhood because children learn four ways. They watch, they copy, they listen, they believe what they're told. They have an experience and they make an inaccurate interpretation blaming themselves. Even if dad cheats on mum, the child will blame him or herself. And the fourth way that children learn is they absorb the emotions of the household. They usually absorb the dominant emotions of the household or the emotions of the person whom they most connected to and related to. So if mum was anxious and you connect to mum, you'll end up being anxious. If she was a hypochondriac, there's a good chance you'll be a hypochondriac. Or if the household was full of chaos, you'll be full of chaos. If you grew up in a house of alcoholic parents, then you, you have this constant fear. You're always walking on eggshells. You never feel safe. You never feel grounded. So basically, my clients are all over the world. I work with them over the phone and I can resolve. I use the word resolve, but it's also healing because therapy is about healing wounds. I can resolve and heal major issues in 60 to 90 minutes. Now, if it's a molestation over, you know, many children particularly girls get molested around age eight. It usually goes around age 14 or 15 if it's by a step-parent or father because around age 15, the child, the girl gets to the point where she's able to attack and fight back and stops it. But from eight, this is many clients that I have, starts around age eight, goes through to 14 or 15. If it's that, then it might take multiple sessions because there's multiple beliefs. I'm dirty, I'm tainted, um, I'm not good enough, uh, I, I can't set boundaries. What I want isn't important, et cetera. So there's these various beliefs, but I change them very, very quickly. That's why I called it subconscious rapid transformation technique because we access your subconscious mind, or I do. You don't need to be hypnotized. Um, you don't need to relive the pain. And um, it's truly rapid and you do transform. Everyone, almost 90% of my clients at the end of the session will say, I feel relieved. Now, they might say, oh, I feel exhausted if they've done a lot of mental work, but they say, I feel relieved. I feel different. Like a weight has been lifted off of my shoulders. Yeah. And it's, it's extraordinary because when you recognize what your subconscious beliefs are, you recognize that you're carrying around a lot of heavy stuff. And I remember with one recent client saying to him, you're still carrying around your mom's pain and it's not your pain. But I'm doing that when I'm connecting with him and the younger version of him. So he's actually speaking to the little version of himself, the younger, what I call the younger you. So if we were talking with you, Richard, we might say, so when you look at little Richard, who's say six years of age here, you know, what emotions do you see and feel? So we're able to identify things that you're not consciously aware of. And after you've gone to the level of awareness, well, how do you make the change? So you know that you need to forgive your mother and father, or you know that, it wasn't your fault for being molested as a child. You know that consciously, but I'm able to help you. Yeah. yeah, intellectually, which is also conscious. Yeah, no, same, yeah. Um, but we're going to help, or I help you to subconsciously change that belief. Because people think that we're, you know, most of us think, oh, I'm driven by my logic. No, you're not. You're driven by your emotion. Every decision you make is based on emotion. Um, 
if you say, well, I'm going to put on, I'm going to put on sunscreen. Why? So I don't get cancer. Well, what happened when you cancer? I'll suffer. I'll be in pain. I'll die. So it's still based from the same concept. I want to move away from pain or I want to move from pleasure. Or I want to have more meaning in my life. I want to feel better. Uh, I want to feel more confident. It's always driven by some desire for emotion. If your motivation is justice, why? If your motivation is aesthetics, why? If your motivation is curiosity, why? There's always some emotional link. And just look at the way we respond to everything around us, whether we believe in this political system or that political system. Most of it isn't based on logic. It's based on emotions. I, I can add, uh, you know, I do a session with Patrick, so we're good friends and he's also able to kind of separate that friendship and do work with me. I do about two sessions a year. He's not like this month, you know, week over week, let me get you on my docket and we need to have conversations regularly. Usually he's just uh, uh, dealing with something in 90 minutes and, and he talks about peeling back that onion and it may take months, it may take years for you to kind of, okay, now I've got another issue that I need to resolve. And it's been incredibly beneficial for me. Uh, I'll also say the one testimonial that he shared that just resonates with me, and I share it with friends who I'm trying to encourage to do a session with Patrick because they need the help and I can't imagine better help, um, is that one testimonial he shared with me is a, a lady who said, I've gotten more in one session with Patrick uh, than 12 years of therapy. Wow. Well, Patrick, uh, you have um, shared something that has actually been uh, uh, reinforced. We, and I say we, I mean on myself and the audience uh, listening, have learned uh, that, and you have spoken to this uh, directly or indirectly, that if you have a belief, whether it's based upon that sequence of events that you were talking about earlier in, in one's childhood, you believe in a lie. Mm. It's a lie because it's a belief. If you know through logic, then you know. And one of the things that uh, Greg Braden, who has been on this program uh, before many times, uh, when we were talking about the healing power of belief, he said, one day we will not believe. We will know. We will transcend the concept of belief. We won't need it anymore because maybe even because of some of the techniques that have been created such as uh, this particular uh, uh, subconscious uh, rapid transformational uh, uh, technique. technique. Yeah. And I think that it's extremely important for us to realize that, that a belief is, that's all it is. And it, it, if you are trying to turn it into truth, you're going the wrong way on that because a belief is a lie. I mean, in the sense that you believe it because it makes you feel good. Or as, as you were talking about earlier, uh, maybe it makes you feel bad. Uh, I know that for myself, in a, from a financial standpoint, for years, years, I would have trouble sleeping at night because of the struggles that I and my first wife, and even to, to, to a certain extent early in our, our relationship, my second wife, uh, had over finances. And, and, oh God, I, how far do I go? And, and do I file bankruptcy or, or what do I do? And oh my, and I can't sleep. And it was then that I realized that at night was the worst time to try to deal with any of these things because at night it was dark and there were no boundaries. And so the problem was huge. It was, it was infinite in mm -hmm. size. And there was no way that I was going to resolve the problem at night. 
So I always did my best to try to calm myself down and mm -hmm. wait until the sun came up. Now the problem has borders. And I was able to better manage that. But that was my, uh, that was my coping me mechanism. But it was still based on a belief. And finally, I began to realize as I looked back at my past, and we're talking months and even past few years in that relationship or those situations, I used to think, oh my God, I don't know how I was going to die from this financial thing, but I kept telling myself, oh my God, this is, it's all, it's over. It's just over. And then I realized as months went by, I'm going, okay, you're feeling the same thing, but you're still here. And last month mm -hmm. you said you weren't going to be, it was over. And then the next month, the same thing. And, and that, that sense of dread, it began to just drift away where I don't feel that anymore. Do I have bills? We all have bills. It's just numbers. It's, it's, it's only money. And I now am able to deal with and understand that, hey, if I've got a credit card debt, I'm going to pay that back. Okay. It may take me a while, but I'm going to deal with it. I'm not going to slough it off. And I'm also not going to hurt myself through the various emotions that we all go through in those kinds of stressful times, because it does hurt us. Uh, I'm curious as to, um, and, and Patrick, I guess you would be best to ask this question. The post technique health condition of the individual. Uh, have you, have you monitored that if they came in and they also, they had uh, uh, certain conditions, maybe they had mm -hmm. a rash or psoriasis or, mm -hmm. or, uh, I don't know, uh, an ulcer or, uh, you know, you, I, I think you know where I'm going with this. And after it was over, I'm not saying the ulcers disappeared or the psoriasis disappeared, but it certainly started to lessen and they really didn't do anything other than uh, go to you for, for this, this, uh, this technique. Well, we've been talking from the beginning of the program about building immunity and sleeping better. Uh, as soon as you heal a lot of these unresolved issues, you do sleep better sleeping better also in turn and, and resolving those issues, uh, the, that pain, that trauma, the, the, the hurtful, disempowering beliefs. As soon as you heal those, your body tends to come back into balance and, and you start being, you start to have different cravings. For example, a client in Houston, Texas, um, she said to me before her second session, said it was really strange because I went home and my sister called and usually when, I don't know if it was that same night of the first session or the next night, I said, but my sister called. And when my sister calls, I usually really, really, really get stressed out, but I didn't. And usually I always take a couple of drinks before I go to sleep and I didn't. And I slept really well. So for her, it impacted her health because it changed some of her behaviors. It meant she didn't need to turn to alcohol. It also meant that she didn't react to her sister. So therefore the external world had less impact on her internal world and therefore she could sleep better. And by sleeping better, her body's going back into a state of balance. That means cortisol levels will either not be hot, extremely high or not be too low. If you have too high cortisol levels, you can't sleep. If you have really low cortisol levels, you're extremely fatigued. So again, it's, it's about bringing the whole body back into a state of balance, into homeostasis. And that's one of many examples of people who say, I sleep better, I have, um, or I have more energy, or I feel confident. And some will say, 
I, in fact, Chris has had employees that I've worked with who've said this um, to someone who comes in, let's say their name's Richard, and they say, Richard, you look different. You just, I don't know, you just look different. And all the guy did was do a session with me, and now he's saying he looks different because our face also, you know, emits emotions. And so a lot of things change the more that you heal yourself. You feel more grounded, you feel calmer, you're not as reactionary, you're not as anxious, you're not as afraid. Um, above all, I think you have greater belief in your own capabilities. Yeah, it's funny you say that because uh, after my divorce to my first wife, that people would say that to me. Now, I don't know if, if what I went through was similar in technique processing. All I know is they were saying, you look different. You look so much better. You uh, almost like you place. were born again, you know? Well, for you, without asking all the details, it's obvious that whatever the relationship was, it wasn't, it wasn't causing you to expand. It was causing you to shrink and potentially yeah. react. When you got out of the relationship, there probably was a sense of relief, even though there's a sense of loss because that was a yeah. relationship. There's always grieving, even when we end something that we want to end. But then there's a sense of relief of, okay, I'm no longer being triggered. I feel free what do I want to do now? Yeah. And we often are very afraid to say no. We're afraid to walk away from something that's bad. And it doesn't have to be a marriage. It could be a job, could be yeah. a friendship, could be a, a, a living situation. Once you walk away and you've made that decision or you're free of it, you feel like you are more in control of your environment. So I was teaching programs for Shell, Shell, the big gas company, mm -hmm. um, and they have a whole division on health. And one of the things that I, they hadn't yet defined emotional wellness. And I defined emotional wellness quite simply as the extent to which you feel in control of yourself and the world around you. Mm, the extent like to which you feel in control of yourself and the world around you. So when you walk away from the marriage, I would say, did you feel like you were more in control of yourself? Did you feel like you were more in control of your environment? And the environment not being the climate, the weather, but my right. world, mm -hmm. all the yeah, components would, of my world. Yeah. And it was definitely myself in particular, but also uh, my, my immediate world uh, that I felt like, okay, now I can, I can really pursue what I want to pursue. And, and what I, was really... I may add one more thing. When you sure, talked earlier about, about the finances and uh, bankruptcy, you got to the place where you took control. Mm -hmm. The problem felt smaller. You talked about darkness and boundaries and light. I would say that potentially what shifted was in your mind, you looked at this problem, whatever the problem was, bills, finances, and instead of it being this big monster, you looked at it as being smaller you looked at yourself as being bigger. Therefore, you said, I feel that I'm in control. I can control this. It's not controlling me, which takes me to the, one more point. Are you the thinker or are you the thought? Which one are you? And if you shift to say, I'm the thinker, I may have created this thought. I can change the thought. The thought was, I'm going to die because of all these bills. And if I have bankruptcy, I'll be full of shame and I'll be full of this and et cetera, et cetera. And then you say to yourself, wait a minute, I'm the thinker. I'm creating those thoughts. What about if I change those thoughts? What about if I realize because I'm the thinker, therefore I'm the creator, I'm the creator of what I'm experiencing. 
There are things beyond our control that impact us without a doubt. However, if you can focus on the things you can control, you experience less anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. It, and, and to me, it's, it's, uh, it's something that I try to share with other people when they've got uh, issues and we're kind of musing and they're venting and so forth. And I let people do that. I, I, I'm open to allowing them to just kind of vent and get that emotion out. And once they've gotten it out, then we are able to process a little bit more on, okay, so what do you want to do? And what do we need to do to facilitate that process? Um, and for me, for example, uh, I was served divorce papers on a very auspicious day. It was May 1st. And I was actually able to make a joke that day. Oh, this gives a whole new meaning to the phrase Mayday. Um, <laughs> but unfortunately, I was a, an emotional basket case for the entire month of May. Mm -hmm. But as <laughs> soon as we hit June 1st, and I don't know what happened. I honestly don't, but some switch was flipped and all of a sudden I was into my intellect and I'm going, wait a minute, there are two people involved in this situation here and I'm one of them and she has rights and so do I and I need to go through the steps to secure mine and so forth. And in other words, I got back into my intellect, my logic and... Um, and well, you changed your beliefs. Exactly, because the beliefs that I was having in May Again, I go back to what we learned before. They were a lie. Uh, I believed them and I thought they were true. I thought the outcome was, was a, a given, a, a foregone conclusion uh, that I would be uh, tied to her for the rest of my life with spousal uh, uh, alimony, as they call it. They call it spousal maintenance in Arizona. Um, sounds like a janitorial service. Anyway, um, this, this conversation, I want to shift back over uh, and talk to Chris why i should ask first of all when and why did you feel the need to go to patrick to seek out this technique to help you was it strictly a clinical relationship where uh he says look look i need a i need a a, a, a guinea pig here and so I'd like to use you in mind. And you said, uh, sure, okay. Or were there issues that you had to deal, wanted to deal with? I, I prefer Guinea human. Like I think that's, uh, <laughs> that, that's the, the phrase that, okay. that I'm most Guinea human, with. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Um, it's, it is actually an, an interesting story because, because of my background, there are, there are a couple of things that, that, that play into this really well. I don't know how many years I had known Patrick before I actually did my first session. I know the genesis was that I had a good friend who was really struggling, panic attacks and just struggling with overall happiness. And, and, and she was a, an amazing person but really struggling and, and was more open. I didn't come from a background open about self-help, open about therapy, open about, you know, all of the really open about kind of self-discovery. Mm -hmm. It came more from like, my dad was very emotional and my mom was very logical. Um, and it wasn't necessarily about self-discovery. So for some, whatever reason, and maybe even that book, Susan Jeffries, I was on this kind of self-discovery journey. And I think that's what connected Patrick and I pretty early on. But in order to help this friend of mine, um, 
she actually, he was in Miami. She actually flew him into Houston. He stayed with me and, uh, and then did, I think it was three or four sessions with him in, the, in a very short period of time. Oh, we did one per day. I remember, I remember now, I, now I know who you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. And, and uh, <clears throat> so that was great. Spending money is also something that I wasn't comfortable with at the time. And I had always, you know. Well, not on me. <laughs> You're spending it on someone or something. <laughs> Maybe it's spending money on myself was something that I struggled with. That's a very good point. Um, and, and so even the concept of like kind of investing in myself with this therapy, I struggled with, right, to, 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 to even kind of resolve. And, and ultimately, I saw improvements in her that were so dramatic, like just so dramatic that uh, it was interesting because it was kind of towards the end of the vacation and Patrick was leaving. I couldn't even say, hey, Patrick, why don't you stay? I'd like to do a session. I was just like, you know, you're leaving tomorrow. Do you, do you really need to leave tomorrow? Is that, you know, and, and that went back forth for a little while. And Patrick, so um, astute with observation, was like, Chris, do you want to do a session? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, now that you mention it, you know, yes, I do. So that ultimately led uh, to that first session that I did. Um, and it was really just seeing such a dramatic improvement in somebody else um, that, that led me to that. And I can say that first day, again, felt like a weight was lifted. I was drinking more than I needed to at the time. And I went out that night after that session and had no desire for alcohol. Like I, because alcohol, I think, is something that helps you escape, right? I think everybody's comfortable with that concept. And I had no need to escape because I had just been relieved of so much um in that session and this is by the way he's gotten so much better since then I, like I, I can say i knew uh i knew patrick before srtt was cool right like <laughs> that's that's how far we go back um but that was what really led me into the session and then i've been you know it, it is on my list of goals it's not something that i'm pursuing right now but it is on my list of goals uh, to help get srtt into more therapist hands because I haven't done much therapy. I've really done, uh, I did some uh, 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 marriage counseling uh, and I felt like that was not gonna go anywhere. And then I've spent time with Patrick and I just hear like the testimonial that I shared and then I'm sending friends to him regularly and I hear what they're sharing and how they compare their experience with him versus uh, a, a therapist that they've been seeing for a long time. And it's, it's clear that there's a lot of value in SRTT and so, at, at, at some point, I will probably do put what I'm doing on pause and then just help SRTT get out there to as many therapists as possible because it, is, it just creates dramatic, <laughs> that, look, drama. It creates dramatic, dramatic improvement. And Patrick did that on purpose. Patrick did that on purpose to emphasize your statement. <laughs> um, this is, to me, fascinating. The website that we want to link to, to send people to, yeah. so that they can get more information, maybe even contact Patrick to find out about having a session and so forth. Where would we send them? Well, so we, we kind of didn't even get onto some of the subjects, which I'm totally okay with. Like that, that's good. Um, uh, we would, you know, I don't know if it makes sense to come back or whatever and talk about sleep and, and really talk about a material that I've been working with since 1991 that really would be an interesting discussion for new paradigms uh, for, for a new year, right? Um, yeah, well, 
We're not through yet. I'll tell you that right okay. now. But go <laughs> okay. Ahead. Well, where's our website? What they can get from the website first, it's a free audiobook and a free audio meditation guided meditation. Audiobook is neutralize the seven emotions that are holding you hostage now. And they can get that from the website URL is myvitalc.com forward slash T M Y S. Tell me your story. T M Y S. What? What? Tell me your story. T M Y S. <laughs> so this is okay. just for your audience. Tell well, me your story. Well, thank you. Um, and when they go there, uh, they can get, download the books. You don't have to give an email. We're literally giving this away for free. We're not, you know, going to follow up with marketing or anything. It's just come and get these books and and have some. Uh, let us deliver some value to to you. Uh, well, and then yeah. there, there are two links uh, on that page. You can click over to Patrick's uh, website. Mm -hmm. I highly recommend do an SRTT session with him. It's, it's just a weight lifted off of your shoulder. Um, and then you make sure you sign up for his newsletter too. He does a weekly newsletter. Just for not like the, if you feel the information here has been valuable um, and insightful, then like that's what you get in his newsletter. So sign up for that. Uh, there's also a link to My Vital C, and maybe we'll get a chance to talk about that. Also, uh, it's it, like a new paradigm for a new year really fits well with that particular product. Absolutely. And, and uh, uh, I, I encourage people to, uh, to go there. And again, that's my, M-Y, vital C, the letter C, dot com slash T-M-Y-S. Gee, folks, it's for Tell Me Your Story, T-M-Y-S, and uh, check out the audiobook. Uh, and just as a side note, I have to tell you that one of, the favorite, one of my favorite things to do is help people to produce their own audiobooks. If they've written a book and they want to record it, I love facilitating that process. It is, it is not only a lot of fun because I'm now in service to them, and yes, I certainly am making some money at it at the same time, but I get to read another book that I probably never would have and I get, if it's the author that I'm in, that, that is doing the, uh, the audio book, the narrating, I get to, I get to talk to the, uh, the, the actual person who wrote the book and get a little bit more information or maybe in the context of, for example, this interview, uh, find out more about them and, and what they're all about and why they went in this direction. So without any further ado, Chris, why don't you tell us about this incredible find of yours on your website, uh, myvitalc.com. Well, um, <clears throat> thank you. Yeah, I, I, it's a pretty exciting story. And, and really, when I, I knew we were going to come on your show, New Paradigms for a New Year really does fit with this molecule. So I, I started uh, my first company manufacturing this molecule and other carbon nanomaterials in 1991. The, the molecule, wow. the nanomolecule that we'll talk about uh, was actually discovered in 1985 by three scientists. And those three scientists went on to win the Nobel Prize in 1996, a very short period of time uh, from discovery to actual award of the Nobel Prize. And, and really this molecule, and in fact, it, it, I, the best way to describe it, I know we're doing video and you're not putting the video out. The best way to describe it, you can see it, but the best way to describe it is if you imagine a soccer ball the lines on the soccer ball represent the bonds between the carbon atoms. So you have the spherical molecule of 60 carbon atoms in the shape of a sphere. That's cool. There's actually a new symbol in chemistry because any atom on the periodic chart can physically fit inside of this. 
And so if you do like lanthanum at C60, uh, you actually, what that means is lanthanum not bonded to the exterior covalently or ionically, but physically trapped on the inside. So it's, I mean, it's such an amazing material. Not only did it win a Nobel prize, it also has a new symbol in the, in chemistry, in the chemistry vernacular uh, wow. because of it. Like, so phenomenal stuff. They knew that they would be using it uh, in, in a lot of things. It's used in uh, uh, ink and solar cells and batteries. Uh, and they had a lot of theories about potential medical applications very early on. In 2012, they, they published the results of a toxicity study. Um, and the results were pretty amazing. So instead of being toxic, basically they, in that study, they had three uh, control groups, three groups. One was the control group of rats given water. One was given olive oil. And then one was given olive oil uh, plus ESS60. That's the, the, the name of that molecule. Uh, instead of being toxic, those rats, given really the My Vital C formula, lived 90% longer than the control group. So 90% sounds like a lot because it is. <laughs> it's the single longest longevity experiment on mammals known to man. And this is peer-reviewed. I'm a scientist. So this is peer-reviewed, published research. Uh, that's the stuff that has the most value. Uh, really, in about 2013, people started calling and saying, hey, I want to put that in my body. Uh, and despite the literature was pretty clear at how safe it was, I'm a very conservative scientist. So we actually kind of added not for human consumption uh, to our label. Uh, then you fast forward, people were still buying it and they were buying it for research purposes only. Uh, in 2017, a guy with a big YouTube following comes out and starts talking about all the benefits he's getting from taking the product daily and and really the industry kind of sold out except for us because we're the largest manufacturer and distributor of ESS60 on the planet um, and then in 2018 I'm like I, 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 I never intended to be a supplement guy right that's that was I didn't think that was my lot in life mm -hmm. um, and really have some suspicions that frankly, have been confirmed by being coming a scientist, an actual scientist in the supplement industry. And uh, I've been able to confirm like a lot of the apprehensions people have about supplementations and supplements on the market are entirely well-founded. Um, <clears throat> but I asked myself two questions before we kind of went down that path. And the first is a moral question. Uh, I take it, my wife takes it, everybody on my team takes it. So I'm comfortable selling it to you. And then the next is a, is a legal question. We've got the FDA and the FTC, and we've just got to follow some guidelines there. And we're, of course, doing that. So now My Vital C is on the market. And really how that dovetails into this whole conversation is our most consistent testimonial is that people take this product in the morning. Uh, they report mental focus and energy during the day and then better sleep that night. And, and I think it's important to note I'm not aware of, there's certainly no supplement that I'm aware of that improves your sleep when you take it in the morning. Typically you can take like a melatonin or a valerian root and those will help you sleep. You gotta be very careful with melatonin uh, because you take too much of it or you'll be groggy. You take it at the wrong time. You won't go to sleep at the right time. It's, it's you gotta be very careful. Um, this is unlike those. Uh, and then, the, then you've got prescription sleep aids, which that's a $2 billion industry. Uh, and there's very concrete research that says that those drugs are knocking you unconscious. You're waking up without the desire for more sleep, but you are not getting the restorative sleep that you need at night. 
Um, and ours is in direct contest. You don't take it at night, you take it in the morning. So that's- Is that the, is that the REM sleep, REM sleep? So there's two, there's actually REM and there's in REM sleep. And each of them works on different capacities. There's a fa fascinating book called Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker. Um, highly recommend this book. It's literally the scariest book you'll ever read about sleep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's almost a, a nightmare about sleep, which is, you know, there's some irony there, right? Um, yeah. And it talks about when you don't get sleep, how, how your cognitive abilities are impacted. A lot of people don't realize when uh, we do our daylight savings time trick, uh, when we lose an hour of sleep, heart attacks go up. And when we gain an hour of sleep, heart attacks go down. Sleep impacts your cardiovascular health. Uh, it impacts, if you go for two days or more uh, without sleep and you do a blood glucose test, you will appear to be a diabetic, even though the only thing that is wrong with you is you haven't slept, right? So uh, we, I think as a society, we have this kind of hand waving about sleep. Like we all know it's good for your mental, emotional and physical well-being, And it's absolutely important you know, unless there's something else to do. And then, sure. you know, Patrick often points out, we're the only species that will forego sleep for no healthful benefit, right? We'll, wow. we'll, right? We're the only species on the planet that'll do that. Um, and sleep is of paramount importance. And, and yeah, he talks about both REM sleep and in REM sleep in, in that book. Maybe that's the reason why uh, for 46 years, um, uh, I really didn't have much of a problem because I was living in Arizona where we didn't change times. And mm. I live in California now for 14 years. I've been diagnosed with high blood pressure. Uh, and, <laughs> and, and I can't stand the time changes. Yep. I just think it, it's like, all right, in Ben's day, Ben Franklin's day, it may have served some purpose. Maybe. But we have chickens <laughs> and dogs and cats and they don't care. Yeah. If the sun is coming up, they want food. Yep. Uh, and it just drives me nuts. And, and I know that, uh, for example, as a sidebar, California state legislature has a bill that's sitting on someone's desk in Sacramento uh, that basically uh, they finally pushed through and Congress has finally said, oh, no, I take that back. The, the, the Californians voted on this and said, yes, Congress, please take us off of this maddening roller coaster of changing times uh, twice a year. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think Congress has done anything about it, and uh, uh, it probably is, goes down partisan lines. But I do know that uh, I, I, if people who live off the grid, they don't, they don't care. They, right. they don't change their clocks and all of yeah. that stuff because they probably don't even use the clocks. And I would love to do, I mean, animals, they, like I said, and the crops in the field don't care. Yeah. Uh, and so it's, it's very interesting how we've, we've managed to well, screw ourselves. It's also important to understand that we are, we do actually have a circadian rhythm. There is a percentage yeah. of people who actually are night owls and there's a percentage that can go between being morning or night owls, but the majority of us are very well and specifically directly tied to the circadian rhythm, meaning that there are certain hormones that our body releases as the sun's rising and our body naturally starts producing melatonin as the sun sets. There are certain functions that our body does in alignment with the sun and in alignment with the light. And unfortunately what happens is that in our culture, it progressively became cool to avoid sleeping and to boast. Cause I know I did this as a kid. 
when I would travel from Melbourne to Adelaide in an overnight train. It was a 12-hour night ride. I wanted to boast that I stayed up all night. And so we think, oh, look how cool it is. What time did you get? I got back in at 4 o'clock in the morning. I've only had two hours sleep. And it sounds cool because we've created this cultural belief that it's great to be able to boast about how little sleep you've had and how late, up, how late at night you stayed up not recognizing the impact that it has on our body to the extent that if you go, and I'm trying to remember the exact amount of, oh, if a doctor's had less than six, a surgeon, a surgeon has had less than six hours sleep, the increase of the chance of him making a mistake is 165%. Wow. So you say to yourself, well, wait a minute, I want my doctor to have a full night's sleep, more than six hours. Why? Because he could make a mistake. Then why do you think you need less? Yeah. The only you difference know, is that we believe the surgeon's work is much more critical because they're working on our health. But we are operating on our health system, on our self-health system, yeah. on a regular basis, whether you're driving. So it's not just the fear of falling asleep at the wheel. It's that our reaction time, our cognitive, our motor abilities are all impacted by a lack of sleep. Then, I mentioned this right at the beginning, there, during sleep, our body's also working to process the things that have happened during the day and to bring our emotions back into balance. Rapid eye movement is dreaming. Non-rapid eye movement is equally as significant as rapid eye movement and the body cycles between REM and NREM. If you have too much REM, you're dreaming excessively, you're gonna feel exhausted. And during, I believe it's during the NREM that your body is processing some of the emotions. So even sleep helps you to deal with some of the emotions. In the case of PTSD, because the trauma is so extreme, the, the patient, the client, can't sleep at night because the trauma is so extreme. So they can't even get the help for them to be able to deal with the trauma at night, if you understand my point. Mm -hmm. So our body is designed to constantly bring itself back into balance. Unfortunately, we go out of our way to take our body out of balance to say, let's stay up all night, let's party, let's drink, let's do jiggy jiggy, whatever it's going to be. And then we end up suffering and we wonder why as we get older, I can't do this. I can't do that. I'm tired. I can't think properly. I made this mistake. And there's another book that I love to reference quickly because I believe this all ties in. So with Chris's product, My Vital C, and he didn't mention this, there is a big difference between ESS60 and C60. C60 is, and correct me if I'm wrong, Chris, C60, ESS60 is C60 processed for human consumption. Yeah. Correct? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So if we say my vital C helps you to sleep, and as it turns out, it happens to be antioxidant, somewhat anti-inflammatory, antiviral, and antibacterial. Is that right? Yep. Chris? Okay. So if we say, wow, so that's going to take care of your body. It's going to help you to sleep better. And your emotions impact your sleep. Your sleep also helps you to process emotions. Then there's another important paradigm to consider, and it's called the happiness advantage. It's the title of the book of the work by Sean Acor, who spent decades researching this. And lo and behold, when do you perform at your best? When you're in a calm state, which we call neutral. When you're in a stress state, because there's a big challenge facing you. 
or when you're in a negative state, when you're angry? Which of those three states do you perform best? Oh, let's include one more. When your brain is in a happy state. Most people would think when I'm being challenged, such as a stress state, or if I'm negative, I'm angry, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have more willpower and I'm going to get more done. Oh, wait a minute. We all believe in meditation. I do. And I believe in yoga. So therefore, I'll perform even better at a calm state. No, the research shows you perform at your best in a happy brain state. Your peripheral line of vision expands. You have greater memory recall. You're better at problem solving. You're better at be, you're more creative. Everything improves dramatically when you're in a happy state. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't experience sadness or grieving or sorrow or regret or pain or loss. That's okay. The point being is we want to work towards being more in a happy state because then we are performing at an optimal state. Mm -hmm. And um, most of my work is designed to do that because we talked earlier about what's the purpose of SRTT. It's basically to validate your emotions, release those old painful emotions and change your beliefs. That brings you back into a balanced state. Now you can actually be happier. So all of this is a holistic approach, which, we, which I said at the very beginning, life is lived in four realms, mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual. So I say the spiritual component is what the three of us are doing right now, which is how can we help? How can we make a difference? You also talked about making additional difference by helping authors to create audio books. The physical component can be through exercise, deep breathing, meditation, and through using my vital C. And incidentally, I use it as well. The mental and emotional, the mental is what are your thoughts? What do you think about constantly? What are your beliefs? Your emotions are connected to your relationships. So you look at yourself as a whole being. What is your relationship? What, who, what is your family? To which tribe do you belong? Who is your community? Who is your group? What are your personal, romantic, individual, intimate relationships like? What are your dominant thoughts? What do you do with your body on a regular basis? Do you treat it like a trash can and feed it trash? Do you feed your body with trash mental thoughts? Do you engage in trash emotional relationships? Do you exercise? Do you breathe deeply? Do you meditate? Do you go to sleep? Because you need seven to nine hours sleep. There's only about 1% of the population that needs six hours less of sleep. Most people think, oh, I'm fine. I can get by five hours sleep. Unless you're that 1%, you just don't realize that you're sleep deprived. And as you get older and as you get sicker, then you'll realize, oh, maybe I was wrong about only needing five hours sleep. <laughs> now you're taking more. This is fascinating. I, I wish we had more time to continue this conversation because I think it's extremely important uh, to, to take a look at where we've been, uh, even if that means going back, in my case, 55, 60 years, uh, and taking a look at some of the traumas or the beliefs that I was sort of given or that I learned, if you will, uh, or took in or ingested, what have you, uh, that are holding me back. And for everybody, this is the same case. I think it's extremely important for us to do that, uh, especially during 2020, the year of perfect vision. And um, uh, I want to thank the two of you for joining us here on the program, uh, Chris Boris and uh, and uh, Patrick Wanis, and we're we've been talking, of course, about, again, as I said, when we started out, a lot of different things, uh, but also the uh, solution, as we've been discussing with this uh, subconscious 
uh, subconscious rapid transformational technique. That's one, as well as the E. ESS60, is that correct? Yep, that is correct. Uh, that uh, that uh, Chris has been talking to us about, and I want to thank the two of you for joining us. I do have three final questions for the two of you uh, before we wrap this up, but I want to remind our listeners uh, that this program is heard Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. and 1 a.m. on Monday mornings on this fine station, as well as podcasts available, the full extended version, I guess they would call it the EP for the extended play um, <laughs> of this podcast broadcast or broadcast podcast as you prefer. Uh, that's available through SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, and many other locations. And uh, we also encourage you to go to the website that he has given to us and we will be linked to it. And that is myvitalc.com slash T-M-Y-S. And you've got a couple of uh, wonderful gifts there that we are greatly appreciative of. And thank you so much for that. Uh, and we also ask you, if you can, to support us financially by uh, using PayPal and Patreon account links that we have on both the homepage and the missions page. If you'd like to know a little bit more about us, go to the missions page, read a little bit more, unless you've kind of figured it out. We're here to help. Uh, we're here to guide everybody, ourselves included, to... Um, those new paradigms for a new world. And I hope that you folks will um, make it incumbent upon yourselves to follow through and get in touch with these two gentlemen, Pat, Patrick and Chris, uh, to find out more about the, the two, I'll call them modalities to help uh, make your life better. And so that we can move from the bottom of that blasted pyramid of survival and we can move to my coining word thrival i want us to thrival <laughs> to thrive and that's what it's all about all right so now what i'm going to do with these three final questions i'm going to bounce it back and forth one of you will have an opportunity to think about your answer while the other is a, answering a buzzer where whoever hits the buzzer first gets to answer <laughs> that question <laughs> not quite not quite i'm going to start with you patrick Who is Patrick Wannis? Uh, someone who's made it a life mission to help other people and to set people free from the past. And who is Chris Burris? I am a dancer who loves to help people become the best them that they can be. Chris, what is it that you hope to or want to achieve through the work that you are doing now? Um, I would like to help people live longer and healthier, right? No point in living longer unless you're healthier. Uh, and, and then just the way I practice my business is to encourage and drive people in my company to be better uh, and, and be happier about themselves. And uh, Patrick, what is it that you, uh, uh, what, what would, uh, do you hope to or want to achieve through the work that you are doing now? It goes back to what I said before, helping to set people free from the past so they can believe that they're worthy and good enough and therefore live life to its fullest. And a final question, Patrick. You may have answered this question already, but I ask it directly. What is your life's purpose? Ultimately, to find inner peace and help other people to find inner peace. And Chris, what is your life's purpose? 
Yeah, I, I would say that I would, I mean, probably we're gonna have similar answers because we're, we're so close um, and, and do a lot of mental work together. Um, my life purpose is, is, yeah, one to find myself and make sure I'm as happy and healthy and productive as possible. Uh, and then to share that with as many people as possible. Well, I want to thank the both of you once again for joining us here on the program. And I thank you for listening to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. And until our next broadcast podcast, love to lull.